Welcome to AllianceMagazine.org. I'm Charles Keaton, editor of Alliance, a magazine which specializes in philanthropy. This is the second podcast in our new series of Alliance Audio, recorded live here from the European Foundation Center's annual General Assembly in Warsaw, Poland. In this podcast, we're exploring the complex relationship between philanthropy and solidarity. We're asking how philanthropy can manage the strains between people and states across Europe. If solidarity means different things to different people, how can philanthropy help to build a shared humanity? To discuss the topic, I'm delighted to be joined by three philanthropy practitioners who have written about solidarity in the pages of Alliance. We have Eva Kulik-Bielinska, first up, director of the Stefan Battery Foundation in Poland. Hello, Eva. Hello, Charles. And we're also joined by Stefan Schaffers, head of European Affairs at Belgium's King Badwin Foundation. Hello, Stefan. Hello, Charles. And last but by no means least, we have Liana Varon, Deputy Secretary General of TUSEP, the Association of Turkish Foundations. Hello, Liana. Hello, Charles. Thank you. Great to have you all here. Thank you for taking some time out during the conference events. Eva, if we could just start with you. You're chairing as chair of the European Foundation Centre, this remarkable gathering of many tens, maybe even hundreds of European foundations here in Warsaw. How's it going so far? I'm, I'm quite surprised by the numbers. When uh, we were planning the conference in Warsaw, and the planning time is usually like two and a half, three years before the date, the situation in Poland was totally different. When, as a host committee, we were thinking of bringing different representatives of the philanthropy sector from Europe and all over the world, we had the feeling that we had so much to boast and so much to show, and that there will be you know, a great holiday for the civil society sector and foundation community here. And uh, basically, that we would rather say how others can learn from us and um, boast of uh, achievements. The situation has changed, and in the past year, uh, the civil society space in Poland has been uh, shrinking. The government um, that was established after the parliamentary elections is trying to hijack the whole concept of the civil society and discredit their organizations that have been working, whose activities are based on the European values, presenting them as the, if not foreign agents, but at, at least the organizations that are working on a foreign agenda. And if I could just say, our reaction to this has been quite visceral. I'm holding in my hand a badge that you just actually handed out to us all here, saying civil with a heart on the front. Um, what is this badge meant to demonstrate? Yeah. In Hungary right now, there is a law in the parliament uh, that is going to be probably ado- um, adopted uh, in two weeks' time to, um, that would force the NGOs that are getting some funds from the foreign donors. Foreign donors, I mean, uh, also EA grants or Norway grants or uh, the donors that are active in Europe as foreign-funded organizations. This is a concept that is very similar to the concept of the foreign agents that was introduced in Russia. And this uh, badge is saying, I love civil, I love civil or- civic organizations. That gesture, that's a sign, a token of support to the civil society that is under pressure in Hungary. We are wearing this sign in solidarity with Hungary, but also as a sign of solidarity with any kind of organizations, civic organizations that are right now being attacked by the governments. 
who are seeing them as a threat because um, they are not supporting their basically anti-European agenda. And that came across actually very clearly in your opening remarks to the conference, and we'll come back to them. But if I can now turn to Stefan, welcome Stefan. You and I have spent some months actually, and I know you spent many years beforehand at the King Badwin Foundation looking at issues of solidarity and populism. And what stood out for you so far, either in the Alliance special feature that you guest edited or in the conference so far when looking at these issues? Well, thank you, and it was a pleasure to, to co-edit uh, this uh, edition with you. Solidarity is a word we use on a daily basis, but this whole exercise gave me the opportunity to think a bit more about it. What does it actually mean? Because it's easily said, but it's much more difficult to actually implement solidarity. It has many more consequences and also unintended consequences that we don't think very much about. Mm-hmm. So we use it, and we use it here at the conference, and I think it's very good that we bring the conference and the Alliance magazine kind of in line, topic-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is an opportunity to think deeper on this. It, a, it's important to show what solidarity means to society, how we as funders in the whole philanthropic world is actually working with solidarity and on solidarity and trying to foster solidarity. But again, if you think a bit deeper, solidarity, A, is something that is has a different connotation. People understand something different under solidarity. It's not that everybody has the same understanding. It's actually interesting if you look at the literature, which I would not, normally not do, but in this case I did. Um, I, I realized that there is no real definition which is completely accepted by everybody. Uh, you have very different connotations. And I found one interesting uh, article that, that basically says it's like a lot of the key uh, concepts in life, like love, uh, that is Sorry. easily talked about, but the moment you really think about it and what does it actually mean concretely, you have very different answers. And I think in the Alliance magazine, by asking 10, 15 of our colleagues what does it mean to you, you see a huge variety of what solidarity means to people. So that's a very interesting thing, I believe. Do you think that limits the usefulness for funders, or do you think it actually creates a broader lens for which to think about work? No, it doesn't, but it, I think we should think about it more carefully. What does it actually mean? Instead of using it all the time uh, for something, and because it sounds good and it sounds something, you know, it's, everybody wants to be in solidarity. But I think we also have to think of it further than that. We have to A, understand that people hear different things when they hear the word. It means something different. It can also be a negative connotation where it's overused. It can be a moral Stick, which is used by some groups very often, and then it annoys the other side of the table and it can maybe lead to polarization, which we have discussed here very often also at the conference. But it also, solidarity comes always together with self-responsibility. Uh, I think it's, it's two sides of a story. You have solidarity, but solidarity, if it is also misused by people who request a lot of solidarity but don't give solidarity, there are limits of it. And it comes together with a self-responsibility that you have to take care of your own life as much as you can. And you cannot always look at others. You also have to think of your own uh, responsibility you have for your own life. So it comes. there are a lot of concepts around it which I think we have to bring together. And that's what we have to do as funders. We do all the time. We, for example, we don't just give all the time in one direction. We always think, what does it mean? How do we avoid dependencies of people? How do we how do we enable empower people to make them more self-responsible? So all this goes together when we, we fund. So solidarity as such is a concept, but it comes together with, with other concepts that we all have to, to bring in line. Just one further question. You gave an example, I think, in your um, essay for this special feature about EPI, the European Program on Integration and Migration, yeah. and the visit you took to, um, yes. to Lesbos in Greece. And your expectation was to be funding groups of refugees. Yes. But actually, EPI made a grant to 
people uh, yes. from, from the island who are living there whose yes. tourism has been affected. Can you just say yes. how that illustrates your point? Yes. I think it's, the, the story I wanted to say is that if you show solidarity to people, you also somehow respect that somehow that people show solidarity. Because solidarity, I will help you, is, it requires reciprocity. Exactly. Solidarity doesn't work one exactly. way. I mean, it's with like love, a, you can be in love with somebody and he doesn't or she doesn't love you, but for love, you also require both. And um, with solidarity, it's basically this. I mean, there are probably many different um, notions and conclusions, but we feel what it is. Yes. Um, and I think it's good that there are diff very different meanings, because then we can work on these very different meanings. And I, I cannot agree with one thing, that solidarity can be a bad thing. It can be just a word that is overused, and yeah. then it loses its meaning, exactly. and it's empty. The solidarity doesn't, it doesn't become a bad thing, but it has unintended consequences, yeah. which can be bad. And That's what well, let's come back to that in a moment, because it is... Yeah. Issue, I but I would like to bring in um, uh, Liana Varon here from um, Tusurf in Turkey. Liana, what are your thoughts? Actually, it's a very difficult process for now in Turkey because, you know, we're, for the last year, we've been under state of emergency. A lot, lot of organizations, foundations have been closed down. The politics are not going very well. There's a crackdown on civil society. We're not talking about an enabling, let alone open uh, environment for civil society. So. At the same time, it's, it's, it's an interesting time to be talking about, thinking about politics. So I'm very happy that this year we're talking about politics in a more open way. And we're not only focusing on the negative side of it, but also mm -hmm. looking into solutions, looking into what we can do further about this and how we can tackle these issues. And when thinking about solidarity, I was just thinking that for me, solidarity comes with collective action and probably this feeling, this identification of collective action is because the situation Turkey is in right now. Because at this point of time, as an association of foundations, the best thing we can do is to start a collective action around civil society, to strengthen civil society, and to do that in a greater level, at an international level, because it comes to a point where we're no longer about, no longer talking about space for civil society, we're talking about the values of we're talking about democracy, we're talking about how to move forward. So I think I'm very happy to be here and I'm very happy to be talking about politics, European values at a greater level. And do you think politics is almost like the elephant in the room that philanthropy doesn't always discuss? And we're finding here in Warsaw where in Poland and in Hungary and indeed in Turkey there are these pressures that are being debated. Yes, and to be very honest, I think that would be one of my criticisms to the former EFC conferences, because it feels like politics is always in the agenda, it's always in the room, but we always find as foundations ways to talk around it, but never address the reality of the issue. And I think in that case, Turkey has been a bit left alone in that sense as well, because you know you, you sometimes don't know, is it part of EU, is it part of Europe, is the values match? But actually, I think it's all very interconnected. I mean, what happens in Turkey sets an example for Bulgaria, for Poland as well, because these populist leaders are following the steps of each other. So 
I think it's very good that I think it's very brave that this week we have started talking about this in a more open manner. And I think it, this will be the starting point to take more action about this issue. And is it your thoughts, Eva, that what happens in Poland is affecting Hungary and vice versa, and therefore having European foundations here facing these issues yeah. is very significant? I believe that Poland is basically following the Hungarian blueprint. Of course, we had our idiosyncrasies because we are a different nation and the, the fact that Poland is much more religious country than Hungary in terms of the influence of the church and people basically admitting that they are Catholics, it does play a different role because uh, Catholic church is um, really uh, having a big impact on the way people uh, vote, for example, and uh, and also the way how they identify themselves. So probably in Poland we have more this national identity that the current government tries to revive is more uh, based on religion. So being a Pole means being a Catholic. And being a Catholic means that you are against all these values on which uh, European Union was funded, because suddenly it turns out that uh, European Union is funded not on uh, the Christian uh, tradition, but uh, it's founded on the tradition that is subverting Christian values. I think that why we are talking about politics more right now is because during this last two years, the civil society sphere has been highly politicized. In the situation in which the political parties are playing rather less important role in some of the countries because they became distrusted by the citizens, the elites were distrusted. A lot of um, populist movement are coming. Uh, in Poland, we have um, for the first time in the uh, history of the parliament, uh, the um, populist party started by the rock star, uh, having quite a big number of um, seats in the parliament and still in the public opinion polls, their popularity is raising. The media um, are being more and more marginalized because the public media are taken over by the ruling party and they are turned into the vehicle of uh, basically party propaganda. The people are looking to the civil society uh, institutions for certain guidance, opinions, and suddenly the civil, civil society institutions are under attack because they are like the last resort or last enclave of independent uh, thinking opinion. In, in all fairness, I see your point with the Catholic Church in, in, uh, in Poland, but the founding fathers of the European Union have all been developed Catholics and their values and also what they experienced in the totalitarian regimes they lived in, like Adenauer, has strongly influenced them to base the European Union on their value set. So I'm not entirely sure that it doesn't go together, the European Union and the European values with the Catholic Church. The question of how you define that. I say it does. It does. Certainly it does. But what I'm saying is that the right-wing groups are saying that these are not Christian values. I totally agree with you. These were Christian values. And and, and even now, when you look uh, at the organizations that are active uh, uh, on uh, gender issues, on um, uh, refugees, on minorities, many of them are Christian-based organizations. But the way that the government wants to present them is that all these issues that are alien to their agenda are non-Christian, and that the European Union is bringing all this kind of uh, corrupt ideas that they want to introduce in the country to dilute us of our water down our national identity. Exactly. So the, the, the narrative, I think, is so crucial here, how we, present, how we present things and how do we get the people that are currently leading, maybe, in Poland and in other countries towards that kind of narrative and interpretation mm-hmm. of, this, of, the, of, of where we are into, back into the camp that is more representative, I guess, of the foundations here. Mm-hmm. And I think their foundations have a great role to play, is to bridge these different narratives which are out there, not, not so touching them. So let's talk specifically about the role of foundations. 
situations yeah. can play um, Stefan. So bridging yes. being one important role. What would Absolutely. that be? Well, I think that in this polarized society, we with the different narratives that are around, we see that uh, especially the populists are very good in the narrative they they put on the table and they attract the anxious middle. And we as foundations, I think we have to really focus, and that is a great learning from today's panel yeah. and also from yesterday. We have to focus on the anxious middle. We have to. It's not only about supporting the people that think like we anyway. It is about how to can we reach out to that? How to this group? How can we create messages that are more inclusive, that are more less of the otherness, but more in the inclusiveness that we have as society, the things we have in common. And there is a lot that funders already do uh, on, and we see I think a lot in the Alliance magazine. There, there are some of the contributors that look at these issues and, and try to define messages together with opinion polling. But also we do it with the New Pact for Europe, for example, where we bring together people to discuss what are the narratives we have to present to people and what are the ideas that people are actually buying into to get them again back away from the populist uh, more into the center of Do you think funders are doing enough of it? Let's um, maybe ask that question in the Turkish context. Uh, yeah, you've been agreeing with a lot of, uh, nodding my head to a lot yeah. of what Eva has been saying, where you're seeing some of these issues playing out in Turkey. Um, are funders too cautious in Turkey? Foundations are too cautious in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, when you say funders, in our case, I would look up to you know European Union. I would look at organizations, American organizations, because grant making is not really the case for Turkish foundations. We are still in a more operational phase. We only have around five, six foundations that have grant programs. So, foundations are being very careful. In a way, it's understandable because it's very easy to be on the radar. It's very easy to be attacked by the government. So you find yourself censoring what you say. You find yourself not being very direct, but finding different narratives to say something very clear. And also, I think foundations in Turkey are not still taking the responsibility, not realizing that you know the, any attacks on civil society are attacks on foundations and citizens as well. So, so as an umbrella body, what can you do to actually help civil society or help encourage more philanthropy and foundations to be realizing the common cause between them? and why the Turkish civil society? Actually, what we try to do as an umbrella organization is to take that responsibility for our members. So we want them to use TUSEV as the vocal voice, as the voice of, uh, as the voice talking about rights, as the voice talking about the situation in the country, enabling the environment, the attacks on civil society. So that's the strategy we've been using so far, rather than having, because it's quite obvious that our members are supporting us in what we do, but rather than having them being in, in the front and taking this challenge, we try to be a more neutral partner where we are able to talk about these issues and we try to do that. Another thing I think is important because when we talk about philanthropy, we tend to talk mostly about foundations, but what we've been seeing in Turkey for the last period, that people, individual donors are now starting to see giving as a tool for participation, as an engagement. So when you're not able to protest on the streets, when you're not able to demand political engagement in other ways, we see, we've see we been witnessing that more, many, and many more people are now using giving as a tool to engage in politics, engage in supporting the causes they care 
care about. So I think that one thing is to focus on foundations and what they can do, but also the other thing is to strengthen and to open up space for these people who are looking for ways to engage more and looking for safer ways to engage more. So it's, I think it's a growing trend in Turkey. What would you have expected from foreign, from non-Turkish foundations or the sector to show solidarity towards you? What could that be? To be really honest, Please. I would have expected to not be talking about if Turkey is part of Europe at this point. Uh, I would have expected that when so many organizations have been closed down, we would we could have created a joint voice, a similar act, which is very wonderful, we are doing right now for Hungary. And I would have expected that I think there are some tools, especially European foundations can work with, such as the EU-Turkey deal on Syrian refugees, you know, because it has got to a point that Turkey is using, President Erdogan is using this as a tool to, I don't know how to express it in a good way, but it's basically threatening European countries with this... Blackmailing. Like yeah. yeah. So I think there's there's this room that we can all work together and we can join forces. So let me put that question another way to Stefan and to Eva. I mean, there's talk around the conference of Warsaw of a statement or a declaration of solidarity amongst European foundations for Poland and Hungary and maybe even a fund for liberal democracies or foster liberal democracies. Will those efforts also bear in mind the Turkish situation, or are they going to be, or should they only be restricted to what's happening where we are here? No, no, the idea is because we are European Foundation Center, not EU Foundation Center. So the idea is to form an alliance of funders that would pool resources to help promote and support our organization and civil society actors that are threatened in Europe and to help sustain the civil society in this areas in which we are much under the attack. So um, Turkey is, um, of course, uh, considered. All, everything depends on who is going to be in the fund. We, are, we have a group quite considerable, but still it's not the majority or not the even uh, half of the members. And so, um, But we will leave this alliance open and it, it will depend on those who are going to join it, what uh, priorities, what uh, geographic priorities and what, let's say, thematic priorities will be a part of the fund. And the statement of solidarity will that also include the statement of solidarity, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any, any society that is under pressure. Well, I'd like to give, I think um, time has been short and it's gone very quickly, but the final words to Stefan that spent many months on thinking about these issues. What are your kind of impressions, having worked on these issues, worked with a number of contributors from across Europe about solidarity? Where do you think Blavby should go next? First of all, I think it's great that so many of the contributors and also here at the conference, we are so coherent on talking about solidarity and all the different facets and what it means and what it doesn't mean and so on. So that's, I think, the first great great achievement of, of this because, as I said, we talk easily about it without thinking much further what it actually means. I think there is a lot foundations can do and, and I hope that this is a message that goes from this conference and it goes from the Alliance magazine that foundations have a great role to play as an actor of solidarity but also as somebody who can bridge different understandings of solidarity where people have different understandings of it 
it can also be, and foundations can help in showing innovations, in showing what new ways of solidarities there are. Um, we are very often thinking in traditional ways, but I think when it comes to the solidarity in society, when it comes to, for example, social protection systems, when it comes to austerity, and this is also touched in some of the articles, we have to think differently and we have to see how we can bring solidarity into society and also preserve it in the future. Because if you look at public spending, if you look at the way solidarity mechanisms in our society are built up through our social protection systems, there is a lot we can improve and foundations have a role to play in there to, through research, through convenings, through testing and piloting innovations. And there is a lot foundations can do, and I hope that this message goes from this conference with many sessions and the panels that we have, but also from the magazine, that foundations should think carefully what to do, and there is a lot we can do. Well, thank you. And with that, well, Stefan Schaffers, Eva Kulik-Bielinska, and Liana Baron, thank you for your perspectives on this issue, which we'll be continuing and returning to. Um, and thank you for listening to the latest installment of Alliance Audio. If you like what you heard, go to alliancemagazine.org to read more from our guests, gain news and views from philanthropy practitioners where you are, and we'll be back in September to discuss our next special feature, Philanthropy's Diversity Predicament. What should be done to ensure that the people who work in philanthropy reflect the communities they serve? Mm -hmm. Till then, goodbye and thanks for listening.